extraordinary adventure. More than ordinary. In the gym. At home. At work. More than ordinary. Advice. Without the new agey bullshit. Welcome to More Than Ordinary, brought to you by Seven Generation Games. I'm your host, Anne-Marie DeMars, and joining me again is Drew Kim, president of UYU Sports. If you've been dying to know, is it possible to make a living as a gamer? How do I become a professional gamer? Is it really true that people spend 10 years trying to make it in a profession as a gamer, just like they would trying to perfect their skills as a basketball player and trying to make it into the NBA? You will have all those questions answered here. But before we get into that, Drew, I have a business question. One thing that I have always believed is that no matter what your idea is for your startup, the company you're going to end up with is going to be different than the one you envisioned when you started out. Now, how's your experience been? Initially, I wanted to just work with creating exciting content that told the stories of these professional gamers and and, and kind of create what I thought could maybe be like the MTV of, of eSports, where it started off MTV being all about making music videos. So it's all about the music. But then it ended up being about a culture built around it, and they now don't even show music videos on MTV. It's like you know reality TV and all that kind of stuff. But the more that I got into working on content for it, it became clear that the easiest way to gain access to, to a lot of these things in esports, such as certain things with Twitch, uh, certain events, is to actually sponsor players and become an organization. So we sponsored our first player in 2017. It was a plane ticket to an event in Denver so that he could qualify for the world finals for Tekken. So we soon had like two or four players. And at that point, you're basically what they call an esports organization, which is a, a, a company that sponsors professional players to go to events. So how many do you have now? Plus, we have um, what you call influencers or stream team members. It's probably over 20, but not all of those are on the same level. So with some of these games, like the difference between a pro player and someone who's really good at the game is not that much of a skill gap. And then in other games like League of Legends or Counter-Strike, a professional versus someone who's really good at the game on a non-pro level, it's like the gap between an NBA player and like uh, a high school varsity player. So Interesting. we currently have, yeah. It, and fighting games is open bracket. So it's just like um, probably how a lot of, you know, judo tournaments were or are um, where anyone can enter, uh, but there's obviously some people who are a lot better. So, is there no seeding like in judo, like the big judo tournaments? They put the first and second, the number one and number two ranked are on opposite sides of the bracket, and then three and four are at the bottom of opposite sides bracket. So, one would meet, yeah. I think one would meet four in the semifinals, and two would meet three or something like that. So, ideally, they try to. Yeah, they do do seeding. Um, ideally, they also try to separate region so that you're not playing. Like if you're the top California player, you don't play the top California player at the beginning. They want it to be kind of spread out um, in that way too. But the cool thing is that anyone has the chance to come in and beat the number one seed. 
you just have to pay like registration fee and all that. And we've seen that happen before. Um, it's, it's kind of a cool story when someone comes out of nowhere, they've only ever played really online and against their, their friends. And then all of a sudden they're taking out top players and then they obviously get picked up by a sponsor and, you know, that happened to street fighter, I'd say two years ago. Um, this kid who had only played online just turned 18 so he could finally like professionally compete and he won like the first three major tournaments on the pro tour and no one had heard of him really outside of a few people um so fighting games is still very much tied to grassroots kind of anyone can play it comes from the arcade mentality of if you can beat the best guy at the arcade then you know anyone can challenge him they just have to put up their quarter and if you can beat that guy, it doesn't matter where you came from or who you are. You're now, you know, the top, the top guy for that day or whatever. We'll be right back after this. If you're like me, every day you get 10 emails asking you to give money. GoFundMes, political campaigns, everybody's saying, well, could you just help out with this? And sometimes I do. I try. But there's only so much you can do. Well, today, I want to introduce a new idea. Not a GoFundMe, but a can-do. Think about in the old days when all the neighbors in a community chipped in. If you were raised in a new barn, for example, and everyone came over to help. Well, what I'd like you to do is help 7 Generation Games in this way. Take five minutes. Yes, just five minutes. If you're listening to this on your phone, go to the App Store or Google Play and download Making Camp. That's all. Download Making Camp. Open it up on your phone. Play it for a couple of minutes. If we can get 10,000 more users, that will really increase our visibility on the App Store. And that's the thing that small companies like ours really need, is for people to just know that we exist. So it's one thing you can do. It'll take you five minutes. Go to the App Store. Go to Google Play. Download Making Camp. It's free. Play it for a couple minutes. And you know what? It will help you out too because it will help your math skills. I swear it will. If you play it on a regular basis, you will be better able to do math in your head. If you're not interested in math, it'll still teach you about the Ojibwe history and culture. So it's all good. You learn something. You help out a small company. It's something you can do. All right. I have a question about this. Yeah. So Rhonda really loves gaming yeah that's what she does all of the time partly because you know you said you got into games because your family moved a lot mm. i mean Rhonda started competing in judo she made her first international team i think when she was 14 and so she's always been on a lot of planes and airports and she's always had a game boy with her and when she was home because she'd be so exhausted from practice she'd just lay in bed and play games yeah and she's always telling me oh mom you should check out this game you should check out that game here's my problem i have with sure it. When I do something like Assassin's Creed, which the graphics are super cool, right? Yeah. Uh, I First of all, I'm always looking at the technical side, but a lot of these games, I play them for a while, in like any game, you know, you, at the beginning you die a lot. And to me, mm-hmm. it just seems like such a waste of time to spend so much time to get good at something mm-hmm. that has zero benefit. Like I got really good at judo and I could beat people up. <laughs> and even though I'm old now... I still have that attitude that I will stab you if you mess with my family. You know, 
I spent a lot of time learning JavaScript or PHP, and then I can make websites and I can make games. If I spend a lot of time playing World of Warcraft, well, I can run around in here, and I mean, it's fun. I, I don't know, maybe because I'm that old school, you know, depression. I, I didn't grow up doing the depression, but my mom did. Mm-hmm. You know, mentality of, oh, it's a waste of time. I, I have a hard time getting myself to spend a lot of time to get good at something that has no applicability. Mm-hmm. Rhonda has zero problem with that. So do you have any insight in there? So I think that depending on the game, so there are games that are made for kind of entertainment consumption and they don't ever think about like a lifespan past maybe a year because the development cycle for these games is that they'll put out a new version of Assassin's Creed every year. They'll put out a new version of like Madden every year. Um, and that's how they make their money by selling that game every year. So there's no built-in thing where it's kind of a progression towards mastery of that game. The best players now, some of them have been playing for like a decade and they have mastered the game over like years and years. You ha- you really do see when you dig into these games like a progression in not just your own ability at the game, but in how you think about the situations in the game. So I'm probably not the the best person to talk about this. It would probably be a pro to talk about this. But I do believe that there's elements of at a very high level of competition for whether it be for a team-based game or a one-on-one game. If you're really training and and acquiring new skills and uh, mastering mastering the game requires that you also master the mindset and learning how to create strategies, counter strategies. It's much like kinds of, you know, mastering chess. At the end of the day, like mastering chess gives you skills that you can, mental skills that you can take into other, um, other realms. So I never really liked chess either, which is yeah. weird because I was kind of the weirdo of the kid in the gifted program because like everybody else liked chess mm-hmm. and liked to play it. And I said, this is stupid. I want to fight people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Um, I, I think though that when I talk to some of these like high level pros about how they think about the game or why they made that decision, there's so many um, like kind of decisions and micro decisions they made before that point. And while they are just applying it to Street Fighter or they are applying it to um, Call of Duty or something like that, there is a lot of skills that I think that they could apply. And esports is very young, and a lot of these players, even the top pros, are still very young, like 20, 21, 22. I think that they've learned things. And one of the things at UIU that we really want to develop is to help people with thinking about their career past just being a pro. And I think there are things that they are learning that they'll be able to find different different avenues for. Um, I think that it does come down to, though, um, the individual. I think some people, they just play the game a lot and they don't think about what they call like the meta game. I think the best players in fighting games, they don't play the game. They're playing it, the opponent. And they have strategies for the other human being. And so I, th- I think that there's a lot of ways that they could apply that to other fields or even to other things in life. And also a part of being a pro gamer is definitely you know, learning how to build a brand and make yourself marketable. 
And that's something that at UIU we really strive to help our players with is that we want everyone to leave with a set of skills uh, greater than when they joined us. And that does not just count game skills. Like, I mean, learning how to market yourself, learning social media, learning how to talk to sponsors, learning how to speak to someone in a business manner, you know, how to be professional. And I'd love for them to stay with UAU for their whole career, but the reality is like a lot of them won't. I want them to be able to leave with kind of like a little bit of a education um, outside of just the game. See, that's that's a great attitude. Yeah. And we need that more in sports in general. Like I see mm-hmm. so many kids who go into the Olympics and maybe they go to a couple of Olympics and they get out of it and they really have zero skills. I was talking to Jason Haraya, a judo coach from, from Washington the other day, and I was telling him, I, I have once hired a, a person that used to do judo. And other than that, it generally counts against them, in my view, because they spent all of their formative years, if they're, and I don't mean anybody that did judo, but somebody who's at the, the, the elite pinnacle, level. Yeah. Right. They often spend all of their formative years being catered to, running around the, running around the world, competing in these tournaments, and they have no other skills. And they're the worst kind of employee, people who aren't that good but, but want to be catered to. And I always tell everybody, whether it's the kids I coach or my own kids, I don't care how good you are. There's a point beyond which it's not worth the pain in the ass of putting up with you. Mm-hmm. Totally. And often you have people who were good at a sport and so they have been catered to. But when they get out of that sport, they're no better than anybody else. And they still have that attitude of, well, you're so lucky I came to work today. It's like, really? Because everybody came to work today. That's <laughs> kind of like yeah. you know, part of the point of work. We'll be right back. Do you know that kids on average lose two and a half months of math skills over the summer? That means that when they go back to school this fall, it's almost like everything they learned in math since mid-March never happened. Seven generation games can help. Combining adventure gaming and math, our games are the perfect way to keep kids' math skills up to date. It's not flashcards or worksheets, but 3D video games and engaging apps that kids actually want to play, even when they're on summer break. Check us out at 7generationgames.com. I, I, I definitely see that in my, in my field, too. Um, people who are superstars, they think that they should be treated a certain way. But they eventually realize, because there's a shelf life on their career that's even shorter than a pro athlete's, that there's always going to be a new kid or or an existing player who's going to beat them and who's going to take their spot. And so I think that it's important that they realize pretty fast that you might be like the superstar right now, but not only might you uh, start to lose – but your game might actually no longer be the hot game of the moment. Like right now, Fortnite's the hottest game out, but there could be, it could be a, in a year from now or even less that Fortnite starts to not be the hottest game. Then these kids who have put the last like few months of maybe like eight to 10 hours a day into Fortnite, what are they going to do with those skills then? So that's why I, to a certain degree, I, I, I do agree with you of, um, you know, like when I, play these games as someone who's never going to go pro who's never going to be playing for prize money it does seem like i'm you know could be spending that time doing other stuff i i do believe that 
there are certain elements of the right games, at least, that um, help you to problem solve and kind of think think around. Like, if you can't beat this boss, you have to think around the the way that ways that you can. It's similar to a lot of kind of physical physical sports in which you have to figure out the best strategy for 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 victory and you know that's not always the same way you know in judo that you had a very uh kind of at the time an orthodox way of winning right with the arm bar and i think that i think that that's something that is also in like professional gaming like there's definitely a way to win that most people do but there's also unorthodox new new ways to win that people are always developing and then you have to counter that that that's what I've always said. I I would tell players you can be the best in the world at what everybody else does. You could have the best Uchimata in the world, but one person can have that, right? And you could win that way. Or you can try to do things other people don't do. And there's a lot more opportunity in that direction, I think. Yeah. And I think that's just a life a life uh life lesson in general. I, well I have we we I've gone for a while. I have one more question for you. Sure. And maybe we could do this again. I would love to do this again. Yeah. We should get my, uh, my mom on here as well next we time. We should. Yes. Yeah. So let's, my last question is your tip. This is everybody's favorite part sure. more than ordinary. So you can give a tip on anything. It could be on dating, gaming. We've had people who give tips on exactly what they do. Or we've had people give tips completely unrelated. Whatever you think people listening should have as advice. Go, Drew. Okay. So my tip is that if you believe in something, whether it's an idea or or a way of doing something, and it doesn't yet exist, and people are telling you that doesn't exist for a reason, or there's a reason people don't do things that way, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with uh, judo. You should really take that as an opportunity more than see that as like a rejection or a reason to to not go after your idea. I've been told that so many of the things that we were doing in esports are not the right way to do things or that back when I did music, like, oh, that's not the way that you're supposed to get signed to a label. At first, I would let things like that kind of affect me negatively and it would kind of be a uh, a thing where I was like, ah, oh, I'm really thinking about things the wrong way. These guys know way more than me. These these people know way more than me. But what I've learned to do is to kind of turn that question towards them. Maybe not necessarily like directly. Like I won't be like, well, why don't you think it's going to work? But I will take that as an opportunity to say, okay, so that means that no one is doing it this way yet. And if I can figure out how to make it work, I'll be the only one doing it this way, and I'll be the only one who's really pursuing it in this way. I think it's, it's always important to kind of think about not just the way things have been done, but the way that things can be done. And I like to always challenge myself into thinking, um, with UIU, like there's a lot of growth in esports right now. There's a lot of teams that are raising a lot of money and doing very, very well. Um, and a lot of them are following a similar path. I'm always interested in the paths that aren't explored and seeing how, you know, that can be the way forward for us. So 
my tip is really be okay with that sense of rejection when someone says what you're doing isn't how things are supposed to be done or what you're doing isn't the right way to do things because really in, in so many things in life there's not one right way to do things in fact it just means that that person probably hasn't thought of it yet or the the mass the masses haven't thought of it yet so there's a quote from uh, uh, my favorite musician from The Clash, uh, Joe Strummer, who said the future is unwritten. So I always tell people the future is unwritten and go write your own future. Well, when I hear people say we've always done it that way, we don't want to change, to me, I think, well, how are you going to get better? If you always yeah, do exactly. it the same way, how are you going to get better? Thanks for listening to the More Than Ordinary podcast. For more information, please go to our website, 7generationgames.com. And that's 7 as in the number 7, generationgames.com. If you'd like to learn more about math and history or increase your vocabulary while at the same time having fun, you can purchase our games at 7generationgames.com slash buy. You can also donate and help a much-deserving student. And as always, please tell a friend and don't forget to rate us on iTunes. It's never too late to be more than ordinary.